Welcome to B-Sides, where you can get further reflections on God's Word to help you grow. And this B-Side is for our Sunday message in Isaiah chapter 50 called Serving in the Right Light. It is the third of Isaiah's four servant songs. Isaiah is writing about a figure who's going to serve and save Israel. We know from the New Testament that that servant is Jesus, and the New Testament also calls us to be servants like him. So I've really enjoyed slowing down in these passages and spending some time looking at the servant. Because I think for our fellowship, this is really, this is a, this is a moment where I think God is calling us to shape our identity into the mold of the servant. And I think, I think that God's challenging us to take on that calling. One of the ways a servant does that, and that's, this is what we saw in Isaiah 50, is the servant learns how to be a servant by listening to God, by hearing from God. And in the particular passage, it says that the servant learns from God in the morning. It says, morning by morning, he awakens me. So we're going to look in this episode at morning routines, because really, to be a servant, we need a mindset, and we can start our day by seeking God to give us that mindset. So the morning routine. If you think about it, the mornings are very important, because the way we start our morning is how we spend our day. And the way we spend our days is how we spend our lives. Our lives are made up of days, and our days begin with mornings. So my dad would say to me, start with your best foot forward. So we want to start our mornings right. What we don't want to do is do it the way John and Peter do it in John chapter 20. You remember this passage? Let's look at an example of the morning here. So in John 20, we see on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the tomb had been taken away from, saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved. We, most scholars seem to believe that that's John, the author, and said to them, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb and we do not know where they've laid him. So Peter went out with the other disciple and they were going toward the tomb. Both of them were running together. But the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. And stooping to look in, he saw the linen clothes lying there, and he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb. He saw the linen cloths lying there, and the face cloth, which had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen cloths, but folded up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, John really wants you to know who won, also went in. And he saw and believed, for as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to their homes. That's it. And that's how many of us spend our days, rushing to and fro. Because I wonder if we don't wake up at someone else's beckoning, guys, 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 you won't believe this. You know, we have to, we get pulled out of bed, 
<laughs> and then we spend the day in a race, rushing to and fro. And then we develop not the servant mindset, but the winner's mindset. Who beat who, whom, <laughs> to the tomb. But the problem with that, which is pervasive in our culture, the problem with that is we don't learn how to see what's in front of us. Peter and John see that the tomb's empty, the claws are folded up, and they're like, huh, and they go back. Mary, remember, this is still morning. Mary's not the one in a hurry. Mary's not the one racing out the door, rushing from one activity to the next. She is lingering in the garden where the tomb is. And she sees what the other two missed. So check this out. Verse 11, Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. And she, as she wept, she stooped to look into the tomb, just like Peter and John did. And she saw two angels in white. Wait, what? Peter and John didn't see angels in white. Mary does. But she saw two angels in white, sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head and one at the feet. They said to her, woman, why are you weeping? So now she's hearing the voice of God, right? Through these angels. I know they're not God. But she'll hear God in a second. And she tells them they've taken away. I don't know where he is. Having said this, verse 14, she turned around and saw Jesus standing. But she did not know that it was Jesus. We can rush around and not recognize Jesus in our lives. Because it says that she thought she was the gardener. Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? And says, supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, sir, if you've taken him away, tell me where you've laid him and I will take him away. That could be us. Peter and John racing around. Everyone's just a gardener. We don't see where God's at work in our lives. We don't see the angels in the tomb. We just see the clothes folded up and the mystery. And we go back and going, huh, scratching our heads. Mary is lingering and she's going to recognize. Morning by morning, he awakens. He opens my ear to hear as one who is taught. Isaiah 50 had said. So, verse 16. Jesus said to her, God's speaking to her now. Mary. She turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. And then Jesus continues to tell her and sends her back, talk to her and sends her back to the disciples. Friends, she recognized Jesus. She heard from God. She lingered in the morning. So, in this episode, we'll talk about some of the morning routines, which I asked at church for people to share. And I got quite a few people sharing. So I will anonymously share some of these routines. Um, but what we want to see is that there's no right routine and there's no wrong routine. We just need, like the servant, to have something morning by morning that enables us to open our ears to hear from God and be taught by him as one who has been taught. And it is said there in Isaiah, so that we can then give a word to him who is weary. That's the servant's mindset. Wakes up to be prepared to pour out. Now, before I read these routines, I know some people just are not morning people. Let me share something. 
That's okay. <laughs> Some people just work really well in the evenings. And for you, you feel like whatever you've got going on is working great. Fine. I'm not going to make you change, right? Like that's obviously not fair. There's, it's not like there's a commandment that says thou shalt do rigorous things in the morning. Thou shalt be up before the sun. Like there's just nothing particularly godly about that. But a lot of godly people have found the mornings helpful and partly because it is a discipline. And so you start actually training the soul. You're depriving it of things that it wants, right? Like sleep. My flesh wants sleep. Well, you're telling yourself, no, there's a time to wake up. It doesn't mean you're depriving yourself of sleep. Morning people often go to bed a little earlier, which, by the way, is also helpful because we tend to have the least self-control in the evenings. So we notice how you can have a good day of eating healthy food and then at night you ruin it because we get, we break down and we get tired by then. Um, so it's, it's just good to help with discipline getting up. So a lot of godly people have found the mornings helpful, but you don't have to to be a godly person. So please don't misunderstand this, okay? You can do the evening thing. Uh, we saw, um, who, I think it was Isaac. It said, it said in Genesis that he was meditating in the evening and then he lifted up his eyes and there was Rachel, his wife, coming to him. Um, you see, we saw the patriarchs praying in the evenings. Things happened to them. Uh, we have the evening psalm, Psalm chapter four, along with the morning psalm, Psalm chapter five. So ideally, we open and end our day with God. And one of those might be super short. One of them might be a little bit longer. Both of them might be level. The idea, though, the most important thing is that we begin and end our day with God. So whatever it looks like for you is okay. Okay? Okay, so here we go. Um, one person shared with me, they wake up at 6 a.m., they make enough coffee for two cups. One cup they drink. Then they work out for 20 minutes. Then they sit in their favorite chair with the second cup of coffee and the Bible or a book. They read for 15 minutes. They pray. They shower. I like that. The two cup routine. You know, got the one to wake you up. Then you do some exercise to get the body alive, and then you sit down with the second cup and Jesus. That's great. Um, this person said that they have a cute transistor radio in the bathroom where they, you know, prep their physical appearance for the world. Uh, they tune in to K-Love 102.1. And sh this person says, for me, it's what I need to begin the day. Worship music. And K-Love provides one minute of encouragement segments and I think this is actually pretty big no commercials just focus on Yahweh that's great you know I thought there was some good insight in there while you're getting ready for the day you've got worship music there's little encouragement segments but the no commercials you know one of the things that is hard to deal with is the world trying to sell you its stuff first thing you wake up. Yeah, that would be hard. Um, I love that there's no commercials. That's really great. Another person. Anywhere between 1 and 5 a.m., God wakes them up. 
anywhere between one and five. So it happens at different times, but God will wake them up. They pace around and write whatever he tells them. So they wake up really early while it's still dark, start pacing around, listening, and then start writing when they feel like God's speaking. This lasts for two hours and 40 minutes. Now, when asked why two hours and 40 minutes, the answer was, that's my tithe for the day. Being taken, of course, from the idea of 24 hours, so two hours and 40 minutes. And this person's mind makes up the tithe. Isn't that cool? So somewhere they start the day with a tithe, and they just wait. That's waiting on the Lord right there, friends. Just pacing, and when he speaks, write it down. Another person, they wake up one and a half hours before they have to leave. So it sounds like they may have a, ver- a changing schedule. So they just make sure they have at least an hour and a half before they need to go. So they're not rushing, right? They're, they're planning for a morning. And so they break that hour and a half into three half hour segments. So the first half hour, Bible and prayer. Second half hour, Eat. Third half hour, shower and dress. I really like that. It is simple and it's organized. I also like that the Bible and prayer comes before eating and showering. Because you know what happened is if you reverse those, one, you might linger on eating or the shower might take a little longer and then you'll find out you don't have 30 minutes to read the Bible and pray. You might have 10 or 15 but by putting it first, you ensure you get those 30 minutes. And then, if you have to rush the others, rush the others. I like that. Another person. Before the sun comes up, they pray through their prayer journal. Now there's something to talk about. Prayer journals. This person keeps a journal just of the things they're praying about. Uh, that, that means people, people that you are praying for, um, just different requests. And it's cool because you can kind of go back and track what God did, what he was answering, what were my concerns back when I look at this date and, um, yeah, the prayer journal. So they, they, they pray through their prayer journal before the sun comes up. That's morning prayer right there. Another person, when I wake up, oh, this one, um, this one's a little complicated. It sounds like, uh, Two very different morning scenarios. This person says, when I wake up before 5 a.m., that's really early, I read my Bible or listen to a teaching and go back to bed and wake back up at 5 a.m. So if they wake up before 5, they have some Bible time, whether they're reading it or it's getting taught to them. (laughs) Then they get some more should I. Um, But if they wake up at five, they watch Fox and Friends. Now, I don't have cable, so I, I assume that that's a show on Fox, because they alluded to the news or something when they told me this. So, um, I guess it's a show on Fox News at 5 a.m. <laughs> and, and the comment was, when I start the day like that, it's not a good start. I get, quote, aggravated. It's a bad day. I, I, 
you know, I got a kick out of this because it's great. Because here, here's someone recognizes the importance of a good morning routine and they recognize what, that they do sometimes have a bad morning routine and it's right there in front of them and they see the difference. It's up to them. They know they have the free will to choose when they wake up. How am I going to spend this morning? Because the way I start my morning shapes my day. Another person, um, said that they read books. So they wake up, uh, they have their coffee and they read books. Whatever they happen to be reading is, it's a book. It's learning. Then they read the Bible. Then they journal their prayers. I thought it was cool. Like, yeah, some people keep journals, some people keep a prayer journal, but this person actually writes the prayers out. Uh, has eggs every morning. And this person, when I don't wake up late, it, it begins. So sometimes they don't nail it every day. And which, by the way, it's a very important point. We are all going to have bad mornings. A morning routine does not have to be perfect. And it does not have to be some consecutive streak. The point is that we try to give some space to God before we're rushing off into the world. So I like the honesty. And the, another person said that too, right? The Fox and Friends. Um, there's a moment of honesty there too. So when I don't wake up late, they first thing I do is they pray till they feel they're done. Isn't that cool? It's not a timer. Now, of course, nothing wrong praying to a timer. Some, t- some people have to because they have to be somewhere at a certain time and they know that they could get totally lost in prayer. Uh, this person, whether they just have a good sense of time or they just, they have, they just give a large portion of their morning to this, whatever, they just pray till they feel they're done, till the people stop coming to their minds, the situations. They just feel like they've poured it all out to God. You know, I know other people, um, one, one particular writer whom I consider a mentor, um, says that he prays until he feels every fiber of his being saying yes to God. Isn't that cool? You just pray until, until you know you are God's. That's a great way to pray. Then, so after they pray till they feel they're done, they buy, they read the Bible and journal. And what they journal is, is they say they write down the verses that stuck out to them. So they're reading the Bible and they're writing out the verses that stick out as they're reading. Then they go back. So when they're done reading, they go back and write prayers on each of those verses. So they write, like the prior person, they write these conversations to God in their journal. But uh, different here is that these are on the specific verses. Then they go on to their day and, quote, kill it. I like that, though. I, I, I love that, I kill it, because... It's showing, look, I know that when I have a good morning routine with God, there's nothing in the day that I can't handle. I love it. So, of course, when I say they go on to their day, it means shower, breakfast, exercise. That's what they said. Shower, breakfast, and exercise. Um, now, this was not an email. This is somebody I talked to. So, um, they, they later in the conversation had said, it's not the same when I do it later in the day meaning the prayer and the Bible and the journaling. It's not the same when I do it later in the day. And that, that, my friends, is why I 
I risked making a message focus on the morning, even though I know there are people who just cannot do the morning, resist the morning, they're night people. I risked it because, not because I want night people to feel like they're less, because they're not. Uh, Not because I want to guilt trip everyone who sleeps in. Please don't hear that. But because there is something about the morning light that helps us see God's world as his. It's almost like, and this is not a fact, it's almost like the morning belongs to God and then he lets the devil have his fun for the rest of the day, (laughs) especially at night. Notice a lot of crime and dark stuff happens at night. Now again, I get it. There's a lot of creatives who are night people. They just, like, musical people. Like, they just tend to be night people. I'm not saying you're in the devil's realm at all. It's almost as if the night for you is the morning, and that's fine. But I just, it is, it is something interesting. Now, I, for a long time, was never a morning person. I started to wake up early because I had to. I was at the School of Worship and then later the School of Ministry in Costa Mesa, Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa. And from where I was living with my grandmother in Seal Beach, well, Seal Beach to Costa Mesa, you have to drive the 405 freeway uh, for, oh, I don't know what it is, 15 miles, I think. I just know the time it took. If you did not leave before 7 a.m., it would take you an hour to get from Seal Beach to Costa Mesa. It usually, without traffic, that's a 15 minute drive. It would take an hour if you did not leave, uh, before, what did I say? Seven? Maybe it was, yeah, no, yeah, seven. If you don't leave before seven, it would take an hour. Now, considering that school started at eight, that means if I left at seven, I'd make it to school just on time, but I would spend a whole hour of the morning in the car. Um, so what I started to do, I started thinking, you know what, this is a waste of time sitting in traffic for an hour and then getting to school already burnt out from traffic, frazzled, sometimes running a little bit later because traffic isn't always predictably an hour long. Um, I'm like, this is ridiculous. So I started getting up really early and so that I could pray and read my Bible, something I've always done, um, even from my youth. And so, but I want to make sure I had time for that. And you know what? Instead of sitting in traffic, I learned, oh, so if I leave before 7, the drive's only 30 minutes. So I started making myself get up. Now, it was cold. It was dark. It was miserable. The covers called to me incessantly. But I started to reward myself. So I... um my grandmother had good earth tea. I know some people know good earth tea. It's just nice spicy tea blend. And I would reward myself like a little bit of honey in that. And that started to like get me motivated in the morning. Like, oh, cool. I get to get up and have that. And like you just have these little rewards. You start finding a breakfast that you look forward to eating. And and then just the quiet time and, and just discovering, wow, I'm hearing God speak so powerfully and clearly through the scriptures right now. This is unlike any other time. And so I began to actually... Yes, it was never easy to get up, but I began to look forward to getting up. Like, oh, I gotta be awake right now. But, but you know what? I know it will happen if I go back to bed. It's, it's worth it if I get up. So I trained myself to start getting up. And now, years later, I'm at a point where I'm lost without getting up early. I love the morning. 
And I believe that I couldn't do a lot of things if I didn't have the morning. Um, like school, you know, uh, working at Lake Road Christian School and teaching students most of the day or listening to them or talking to them. Uh, you know, that wears on me. It does. And I don't think I would have much to offer anybody if I wasn't being filled up in the morning first. But see, I get to start the day feeling full and then I can just let it tip out, splash a little here, give a little there as the day goes. And yeah, oh yeah, I'm drained by the end. <laughs> but man, it's way worse when I don't have the morning because then I'm in survival mode all day. So um, that's my history with the morning. This is now what I do. It's I'm finding the mornings the best part of the day. I love the mornings. The day just, ugh, when the morning's done, I have to be somewhere. It's just... It just ruins Disneyland for me. You know, it's like the morning's so, so great. And then all of a sudden I got to ruin it. Uh, <laughs> so I'm always trying to cram as much as I can into the morning. But then I'm at this like this problem where I'm cramming too much and I'm wanting more quality in some of these things. So some of these things I don't want to push off till later in the day because they either never get done or it's just not the same. So I'm in, I'm at this constant tension of what is the best rhythm and flow? And it changes here and there. It also depends on, is it a school? Is it school season and I got to be at class by this time? Or is it the summer and, you know, I don't have to hurry so much? Or were, are the kids in a sleeping season or a getting up all the time season? Like there's so many different factors. But basically, I'm, I'm, I've pretty much established a rhythm where I'm up at 5 a.m. Um, I would love earlier, but I, I, I don't want to deprive myself of sleep. I believe sleep is incredibly healthy. It is not a lazy man's hobby. Sleep is very healthy. And they say you need at least seven hours and that nine's ideal. <laughs> I had been living on five to six for a long time. So I'm kind of like trying to be very serious about trying to get seven hours of sleep because there's so many health um, risks involved to not getting enough sleep. So I, I've satisfied myself with 5am and um, first thing I do is I brew a cup of tea and make some breakfast while the tea's brewing while I'm brewing the tea and um, making my breakfast. I'm listening to the news may not be the best habit, but I find that it's one of the best chances I have to just get a little bit of what's going on in the world. And I also find it favorable because I just, something about when I get to prayer, just knowing what's going on in the world, I think it enlarges my prayer life a little bit. So anyways, I'll listen to some news while I'm doing, getting the tea brewed and making um, something to eat. Then I will sit down with my tea and that's something to eat. And I will read the Bible. Sometimes I do read, just read a book. Sometimes um, a book, God's speaking to me through a book really powerfully. And I just sometimes do that. But um, I often try to at least get a little bit like a psalm or two in the morning. And then sometimes it is just the Bible. Like lately I've been reading through Exodus. And there's been some amazing things God's been um, teaching me through Exodus right now. Um so I'll, I'll sit down and read the Bible. I basically read the Bible. And if I, sometimes it's just like a little passage and I'll read a book, but I'm basically reading until my tea is done. And that usually lasts about 30 minutes. So then when the tea's done, I'll sit down and pray in silence. 
I don't pray. Sometimes I do, but not generally with an agenda. I just let everything I read sink in. And I just listen for how God wants to interact what I read with who I am and where I am in life. And just kind of let it all, just let God work it all in. And so I'm listening. Sometimes he's pointing something out. Sometimes he's He's giving me, uh, he's helping me visualize something or put, popping people in my mind or ideas. or And I'm not trying to necessarily think through all those things. Like it doesn't suddenly turn into a planning session. Um, I just kind of like, okay, thanks God. And that, but I just keep sitting with him. Then when the prayer's done, which I actually do uh, usually time at about 20 minutes, um, Sometimes when I have the time, I'll just, like someone else said, just pray till I feel done. But sometimes I am on a time budget, so I'll, I usually try to at least 20 minutes. Um, when I'm done praying and there were good ideas in the prayer, God was pointing something out or said something or there's an insight, then I will think about it. I will actually engage my mind, uh, and think it through. And I do that with a journal. To me, writing is one of the best ways to think through things, process things, get a handle on things. So I will start to journal. If I didn't really sense God say anything in the prayer time, then I just simply journal um, just random things like what I did yesterday or how I'm feeling about the ministry or maybe, you know, there's something you're going through with a person or, or you write down, this is huge for me too, write down things you're grateful for. Gratitude is such a good practice. Um, I don't journal every single day, but I try to journal often. Then I exercise. Very important for me. I tend to get very tight. I get a lot of tightness in my back and shoulders, so I, I need to exercise to kind of relieve some of that tension. And I'm usually listening to an audiobook or a podcast while I'm exercising. Um, sometimes, so like what I'll be reading, I can also listen. Sometimes I get the book and the audio version. So I'll just continue that reading session. Um, but whatever, I'm, I'm listening to something, uh, then I shower, then, um, then depending on the day, cause different days have different demands, but on the best mornings after the shower, I go have second breakfast and second cup of tea. And, um, then I will sit down and do either reading or writing. And when I say writing, I don't mean journal writing. I mean serious writing, like trying to write articles, write curriculum, pound out research that I'm doing on this or that. Um, or um, I'm just trying. I, I God put on my heart last December or like a year ago, I guess a year and a half ago, uh, that I need to start writing. It came from Revelation. Write down what you see. That just stuck out so clearly to me. So since I've been trying to have some sort of a semi-regular practice of just write down what you see. So I, I might do some reading or I might do some writing. Then when I got to go, I walk to work. And I love the walking to work. I, I'm fortunate enough to be able to walk to work. But the walking just sort of like settles the morning down. And it transitions from morning to, all right, it's now time to give out to people. Um, and I get to go, obviously we live in such a great area. I get to walk through the forest and through trees and there's something calming about that. There's something just, you, uh, you just feel grounded. And so, and then I get, you know, sort of like a little mini second exercise. And so that's, that's how I, uh, start my day. Obviously I talked a lot about it so you can tell I love it, but I, I do, I love it. 
Um, hopefully some of this was helpful and encouraging and you can pick up on some of the insights from others on how a morning can look. And, um, yeah, there's no right or wrong way, but just experiment and see what works for you. When do you, does your, how, what time works best for you in waking up and what activities do you do? What is most important to you is probably a very important thing to ask. You know, if, um, breakfast isn't that important, you'll save a lot of time not eating it, <laughs> you know, but if God's important, then you'll put some time in there. So what's important to you? We'll finish in Psalm chapter five. We looked at that on Sunday, but we only actually looked at the first part where the psalmist talks about the fact that he's praying. I wanted to show you the rest of that psalm. Remember, Psalm chapter 5 is a morning prayer. So, the part that you're familiar with is, Give ear to my words, O Lord, O Yahweh. Consider my groaning. Give attention to the sound of my cry, my King and my God. For to you do I pray. O Yahweh, in the morning you hear my voice. In the morning I prepare a sacrifice for you and watch. Or if you remember... The message, I thought, translated this really well and is consistent with the Hebrew. It says, Every morning I lay out the pieces of my life on your altar and watch for fire to descend. Such a great approach to prayer. But then, so we stop there. But then, the psalm goes on, and it's almost like it's hinting at why the psalmist prays this way in the morning. Why does he do it? Because, verse 4, for you are not a God who delights in wickedness. Evil may not dwell with you. The boastful shall not stand before your eyes. You hate all evildoers. You destroy those who speak lies. And Yahweh abhors the bloodthirsty and deceitful man. Ah, so like our servant in Isaiah 50, who morning by morning seeks God so that he is a servant in the right light and not after the world's light, the servant begins the morning so that he can be a servant. The psalmist begins the morning with prayer so that he does not stumble into the ways of the world. This is how the Christian builds resistance to the ways of the world. At least one of the ways is morning prayer. The psalmist continues, verse 7, But I, through the abundance of your steadfast love, will enter your house. I will bow down toward your holy temple in the fear of you. Lead me, O Yahweh, in your righteousness because of my enemies. Make your way straight before me. I need to start the morning in prayer because I need a straight path and I have enemies. I do not want to do what my flesh wants to do to them. I want to stay on God's path. So I have to start my day in prayer. Verse 9. For there is no truth to their mouth. Their inmost self is destruction. Their throat is an open grave. They flatter with their tongue. Make them bear their guilt, O God. Let them fall by their own counsels. Because of the abundance of their transgressions, cast them out, for they have rebelled against you. But let all who take refuge in you rejoice. Let them, let them ever sing for joy and spread your protection over them, that those who love your name may exult in you. For you bless the righteous, O Yahweh. You cover him with favor as with a shield. That's why 
the psalmist begins with morning prayer. That's why we should at least pray about having a morning routine. This is Pastor Brandon with Grace and Gratitude. Thanks for listening.